You're listening to Version Control, Pound and Grain's digital news show. Ah, memes, the latest form of modern communication that has taken on a life of its own thanks to the trolls and geniuses of the internet. According to its dictionary definition, a meme is a humorous image, video, or piece of text that is copied, edited, and spread rapidly by internet users. There are the classics like Irma Gerd Girl and the throwbacks like Rick Rolling. Then there's the mysterious affinity for moss. I love lamp. I love lamp. And the esteemed world record egg. And we can't forget about the Tide Pods pandemic. Yikes. These are just a few of the many gems the internet has graced us with. For better or worse, memes are here to stay. But why are they so popular? Memes are the epitome of inside jokes, evolved to exist within either the pop culture sphere, like Grumpy Cat, or smaller niche online communities, like Bongo Cat. And they go viral quick, because they're funny, relatable, and easily shareable. All in all, they're marketing gold mines, and brands are catching on. A few social media savvy companies, like Wendy's and Denny's, were quick to catch on to the marketing power of memes. Just take a scroll through Wendy's Twitter timeline, or Google Denny's Zoom in Pancakes, and you'll understand what we mean. More recently, Netflix made a huge splash in the world of memes. What started as them sending promotional materials to Twitch streamers for their upcoming Bird Box film quickly turned into a popular internet trend known as the Bird Box Challenge. But under no circumstance are you allowed to take off your blindfold. Whether you're piggybacking on pre-existing memes, creating your own, or featuring them on your platform the way TikTok and Facebook's upcoming LOL app plans to, memes work well for brands because of their inherent entertainment value. When done well, they don't feel like ads. Instead, they simply make your audience laugh and want to share them. Memes are the new consumer language, so if you're going to keep up, you better learn how to talk the talk. Version Control presents Irma Gerd, a podcast about memes. We're back for another edition of Version Control, and today we're talking about Ivana what? Irma Gerd, a podcast on memes. <laughs> Irma Gerd. <laughs> I <just, laughs> I like that that's the title of this. It's, yeah. Hopefully that'll be great for SEO. We'll see how that works. Uh, but uh, our roundtable of, of meme-loving pounding grainers today starts with the always present Nick Kewen. Always present. I like that. Omnipresent. I'm a god. You've never missed a cast. Oh, it's, I'm just god of, yeah. a god of virgin control. We've also got our creative director, Scott Liu. Hi. He's not a 10-year-old boy. I'm back. <laughs> He's filling in for Mark, who is uh, unavailable for the uh, podcast that he should probably... Unless it's another edition of an Amazon podcast, this would have been his. Mark is making awesome things, and had the, they're so awesome that he had to miss... This is an awesome topic, so that's what we're hoping. But it's good for the Amazon share prices because uh, he's probably buying stuff. Uh, and we also have copywriter Ivana. What's up? Back from the uh, disabled list. 
Yeah, I've been dead to the world for about a week, but I'm feeling better. I'm on the up and up. Resurrected. Thank- yeah, thankfully we're all in a locked uh, studio with you. So great. Sorry, not sorry. <laughs> studio. <laughs> oh, I a- did that thing you hate. Sorry. Yeah, yeah. He made quotation marks with his hands. It's implied. You would have. You would have heard them. <laughs> can sure. you hear that can you hear those air quotes yeah amazing uh so we're going to talk about memes uh i guess the, the the starting point is what is a meme and what makes it so popular a meme how do you how do you describe what a meme is to your <laughs> to your parents oh no the describing of the parents if we were to if you were to describe a meme to your parents it would it would not go well you for, yeah, that's the whole point. Is you, they don't know. It's it's a part of. The I think culture. some of them know. It's just where on the timeline spectrum of the meme's popularity do they get in on? Because you know the meme has reached peak memeness when uh, your parent sends it to you in a emailed PowerPoint deck of <laughs> of great memes. Yeah. Did that actually happen? My dad sent me some memes before. He may not know that they are memes, but. To be honest, sometimes I don't know if it's a meme. I always thought of a meme as just, you know, it's an image with caption on top and on bottom, probably, but it's just uh, like a joke on the image, basically. Yeah. Um, That's like a common visual portrayal of a meme, but like... But I would they come in. They come, they come in many shapes and sizes. The yeah, like sure there's, do. there's some that are just like more of like a, a thought. Or like an idea that you have to be in on it to understand it. like Or video. So is it like anything that goes viral is a meme? Well, let's take a step back because I did ask what is a meme. Um, so the name originated in a 1976 book called The Selfish Gene. But it's based on the Greek word of re- loosely translated as imitating things. Which makes sense for what a meme is, because they're kind of perpetual little pieces of content that are, uh, you know, replicable. Mm-hmm. Is that a word? So, <laughs> if if the word as it stands was created in 1976, what context was that in? It was. <sighs> there was no internet. <laughs> there, there wasn't. But it was like a a way of of like he he was describing it cuz i haven't read the whole book so full disclosure i'm just totally going off of the wikipedia um but it was it was like a uh talking about how um pieces of culture get shared between people so it, obviously we had no internet we had no memes as we know them today but culture has been really good at passing along pieces of information in a you know uh, totally. uh, a rep- repetitive kind of um, shareable way before it, the internet didn't um, create the ability for humans to right. share things, whether it's jokes or like songs or so any like, little pieces of culture that kind of people then like pass on. So um, where's the beef would have been a meme. Totally. Totally. Yeah. And what you're talking about, Willis and so on. A meme. Yeah. yeah. Okay, cool. We're, we're actually learning on this cast, guys. This is amazing. Yeah, it's, it's, Nick it's now knows what a meme portion. is. <laughs> it's knowledgeable Nick time. And all, this, all this time I thought I knew what one was. but. So you talked about the it's shareable. 
and it's like an imitation of something, so it's it's relatable. What else makes memes super popular, especially today? I think it's the fact that there everybody has a different reaction to them, and that's ultimately the the sharing component, which makes it really funny. Um, and it, like that in itself, like it's got to be funny in the moment too. Um, it's the, not supposed to take a while to get. It's supposed y- to be instant. Exactly. Yeah. Which sometimes it makes me feel dumb because I don't get them. Yeah, uh, that's that's right something away. else that I think is like an interesting part of meme culture and why it makes it popular is it's it's part of this like people inherently want to be in on it. And if you ever see a meme and you're like, I don't get it, it feels shitty. But when you get something, then you're like, Oh, I get it. I'm gonna share it with the person who I know will get it. Yeah. So it's And like that this- in itself is the sharing component of like the internet helping with <laughs> meme culture is that it's instantly shareable to people who you know will get it. And these communities are essentially built on that way of communicating. If you get it, you get it. If you don't, that's cool, but we get it. And that's mm-hmm. to me what a, what a meme is. I like that to Ivana's point that there's something super interesting about the, the faux meme kind of knowledge that like you kind of fake it like oh do you see the whatever and then you're just like yeah totally hilarious and then you are like there's a lot of uh, meme posers I guess you could say like people because I think back to the what's powerful about them because it's a bit of a cultural shorthand like it's a the ability for you to in a split second be able to communicate something super fast Mm -hmm. um, and then replicate it for dozens and dozens of dozens of applications like i think the the big one of the what do they what do they call it the um distracted boyfriend oh my gosh that one's good uh where like it just is applied to like any situation you replace that text and then it's like instantly like oh i get it and even for people who don't like understand the or like the the original kind of first ones it's just like it's universal so I, I like that what a meme can do is just cut through and take out time between understanding a thing. And even like a, a big picture topic where people will write huge articles and thought pieces on something and one little meme photo with three words on it will be faster to communicate how good, bad, or stupid something is. I has cheeseburger. Yeah. <laughs> And then at the same time, yeah, it can be at that level or it could be like the boyfriend is Brexit and the, you know, the woman walking down the street is the Euro. I don't know. <laughs> I'm just saying it can you be like a bigger it. picture political thing. Well, I want to do, do, do a whole new podcast series of like Nick's memes of just like, this, this is what I think is great. But also, what is, yeah. <laughs> what is a Brexit? <laughs> We'll have to go into the deep history. What's and, Britain? And, <laughs> and spoiler alert, that is why you're on the podcast graphic for this episode. <laughs> but you're right. It's like a different way of communicating. It's like a shorthand. Yeah. Um, and it's like when it's like a different language. It's a, it's, mm-hmm. it's a secret language for lack yeah. of a better term. Mm-hmm. That's why like you have to be in on it because a lot of memes you have to read between the lines, if you will. And like you said, the like the political climate, there are a lot of memes that are either related to things that are going on in political or like the social realm and it's like the memes will talk about what everyone's thinking but no one wants to say right and they can be sometimes like very risque in that way but that's what people like yeah and that's 
to bring it back to digital marketing, I think that's what brands are realizing. But it is a fine line, a very fine line from that brand understands memes and understands that this is a language and that brand is my dad trying to be cool. Yes, and that's when it fails, 100%. Miserably, yeah. Well, it's it's hard because the the meme is so good of in the moment about expressing yourself. Why why they're really great at you know live sporting events or the Oscars or big events that are happening in real time that people are all watching and commenting on their social feeds. Then that's when you get tr- tr- trotted out the memes that everyone knows. Like how can you sum up your feelings about something? quickly oh this meme will work here and then people will change it build upon it and then it takes off from there and that's kind of really interesting mm-hmm. i think that the the words if you search in google have you guys heard of google the what <laughs> if you search for meme marketing in google 95 million results come up uh, so this idea that, like, of course, what marketers want to do is how do they tap into memes? And I guess there's kind of like two ways. There's even more since since I googled it earlier. There's more. I mean, in one sense, the risk of sounding like a big old dummy here, but um, just like I was saying, like those those meme cards that are basically like an image and two lines of copy. Isn't that just what a billboard always was? <laughs> <laughs> but I right. think there's a, the, like, Very the billboard true. is a polished piece of, it's there, a meme should be made simply that anybody can make. It's got this sort of real, like DIY. simplicity, DIY nature to it that, um, it's not just short. It's not just short, form copy with image like that's an ad a meme is very different in a sense that like you're you're trying to cut through all the weirdness in the quickest way possible right so you want a very obvious image and you want very obvious copy that don't necessarily obviously fit together well i don't know i think some of them can be a little bit abstract like when i think back to that you know doseki campaign that everyone loved about the most interesting man in the world those were always just like you know it was that guy on safari and say the most interesting i don't always drink but that that beer, beca- but when i do that became a meme right that wasn't a meme the commercial was not a meme but it was just perfect meme fodder then yes mm-hmm. well i mean that's if you if you kind of look at the meme marketing and why you're in a chicken and an egg and i kind of you know should we or, sh- or should we not do it as a brand because if you to try to do your own memes, like manufacture memes, they, it's like your dad doing it, like mm-hmm. just like not cool dad. If you do something and people make a meme out of it, that's why you get kind of like mediocre creative because like people don't want to come up with something that some people might not like or something that like may not land with everyone's tastes or humor and then people make fun of it or hijack it for their mm-hmm. own purposes. Um, but that's isn't that part of the beauty of memes is like you said hijacking, but that's that's what it is. It's people create one and then it evolves into something else and evolves into something else. And like I think if we're talking about brands, Netflix is an example that's done both sides of it. Like they if you go to their Instagram page, 
um, they create a lot of original, if you will, memes, their own memes, and it's usually featuring like characters or uh, quotes or um, like still shots from their content. But then they also have been on the other side where like with Bird Box, they like kind of launched that and with probably the intention that memes would occur and that that mm -hmm. would become a trend. Just not the, the, they didn't intend for people to drive around with blindfolds on and record it on YouTube. I'm sure they knew that was going to happen. <laughs> I'm sure they had that, hey guys, don't hurt yourselves tweet planned and ready. True. Yeah. Very true. I think like that's the, the tricky part is, is Netflix is, is, and I, I hate when people talk about like advertising this way, but like Netflix is brave as a brand to take chances be brave Jeff. be brave yeah <laughs> it's just uh, yeah it's the answer to everything yeah. um, See, be brave is a meme inside pound and green yeah <laughs> i'm serious like that that, it's that inside those, jokes. those two words graham be brave <laughs> <laughs> um but yeah i mean we we actually just recently had uh which is I'm, I'm, i have a point to this but um a meme made itself way into pop culture last weekend as um, the SpongeBob clip that introduced Travis Scott uh, at the Super Bowl halftime show was originally a meme. And I'm not sure if a lot of people know this, but there is a guy out there who actually made that first. So he synced up the SpongeBob episode with the beginning of the song Sicko Mode. And people, it was so poignant to the song that people actually thought that that was part of the song. Um, little did they know that it was just a guy who did it and they used it for the Super Bowl, gave him no credit which is the, the second point, right? Mm -hmm. Is obviously when you do something, it's for fun, it's for your friends. You kind of want your friends to laugh at you and give you credit for it. But beyond that, can you really expect the world to be like, hey, Bob, great meme. We're going to use it at the Super Bowl. Like that was never the intention. So. I would like that on my like gravestone, like like <laughs> like some sort of thing I did and then just like created a great meme. Like, yeah. It is definitely a fine line, though, because like Nick and I were talking about before, like companies like F. Jerry um, are under a lot of fire right now for basically stealing Internet jokes, a lot of them being memes and claiming them as their own. Um, so, again, like the marketing of memes is it's such a gray area. They can go one way or they can go the other. And like, you know, it depends on how you're going to use them, who's using them and for what purpose. Mm -hmm. But it's hard to just like it's hard for a brand to start at the meme we're going to create a meme. It's, they just don't seem to work like that. You can't well, start with that as your end goal. Mm -hmm. The, the, I, there's always exceptions to the rule though. And I'll throw Skittles at you for that. Um, and I'm serious. Like I think Skittles is, it would be meme. better if you said you were going to throw Skittles at me <laughs> and you actually had Skittles to throw at me, Scott, this yeah, is outrageous. Sorry. I'll bring that in the next pod. We'll just yeah. throw food at each other. Yeah. And then I'll eat uh, it for uh, Nick's uh, audible pleasures. <laughs> I, I think Skittles as a brand has managed to use meme culture to to its benefit without feeling like they're trying too hard and, and feeling like somebody's dad, uh, like trying to be cool. But then, you know, you've seen some not great ones. I'll, a little bit of backstory. I once worked on a uh, cell phone client and sometimes when clients write ads, they aren't great. And they wanted to write an ad that showed their phone where it said much cell phone. Much cell phone, very wow. Yeah, exactly, and we're and they're like, when they explain to us, you have to run this. Kids are gonna love it. Oh, I yeah. kind of like it myself. <laughs> and there's the. <laughs> it's kind of good. Nick, Nick is gonna go right now and buy it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. I mean, but that's the that, that that gets back to what I was saying about the the brands and only poking slightly fun about being brave is that you're kind of out of the driver's seat because of. Mm -hmm 
what social media can do. So if your message is good and earnest and you're not um, alienating anyone or pissing anyone off, the memes will be in your favor, like, you know, in a good way. If you, you make that the power. Yeah, if you make that one subtle mistake that you just didn't think through in the kind of brainstorming, you become you have the egg on your face. And that's why I think you know brands are tiptoeing around social a lot of the times because you know it can backfire on you rather quickly. So are you saying dive in or are you saying it's too volatile? No, I'm 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 saying that you have to be prepared even if you have the best intentions and a great idea that it might be matched up in a different way because that's how creative people are these days. And then I guess from that point, I'm more saying, you know, you do have to, to sort of like just jump into it and go for it and then deal with the consequences of what if someone memed us in a bad way? Um, what's your response to it? And I think those responses are more being a brand that is authentic to be able to like own when something's gone wrong and be authentic in saying like hilarious we totally missed that good work and Mm -hmm. move on rather than trying to like oh now we're gonna try to jump on this meme and fight it you're not gonna win I think like there's too many people and too many smart people on Twitter who spend their post work hours trying to mock and 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 be fun mm-hmm. in a way that's both creative and destructive at the same time. Which reminds me, RIP Tumblr for that. Tumblr was great for memes. <laughs> yeah. it, is, is Tumblr gone? It's not where it was before. <laughs> I, I remember even, even like 10 episodes back, you and I were laughing how we were probably the only two people on earth who still use Tumblr. And so now it's just down to me is what you're saying. <laughs> <laughs> Awkward. <laughs> I have a I have a, a memeable story about memes though. Um, my wife, love her. Um, my wife. Exactly. Um, she came home one day and was telling me the story about uh, her coworker, how he eats a lot of cookies, and so they decided to send him, and this is her words. So we thought it would be funny to send him a whole bunch of memes of Cookie Monster. And one, that's adorable, because, I mean, just the act of it is. But I, I, I just, and now in our house, we call them memes yeah. just because that's what she thought that they were called. And, like, I think that in itself kind of explains what a meme is. It's, it's like insider information. It's an inside joke. It's between a small group of people. And when it kind of breaks through that subculture and into sort of the, in, into the mainstream um, is when marketers are trying to take advantage of it. And in my opinion, it's too late. By then, they're either in it from the very mm. beginning, or they're forcing themselves in. And I think consumers are just way too savvy to get duped into thinking like, "Well, that was really smart by you know X brand that that doesn't have anything yeah. to do with what we're talking about." Like right. that's never going to happen. So if you're actually studying it from that perspective, there's probably stages of the meme where you could still get in at stage three. I, yeah, by I think stage so. four, you're, it's it's toast. But I think the bottom line is you have to understand what it is. You can't just say that's a conversation that everybody's having. I want to be in on that. It has to have, you mm-hmm. have to have a, a purpose to it. Yeah. And you, and you certainly admit to Nick, to your point, you definitely don't want to be the last brand doing 10 year challenge. <laughs> like that's the, the part where like, then people will pile on of just like, come on, like either you're in that first wave, like 
you uh, f- found it early and got in on it and mm-hmm. executed, or if you're still debating whether you should do it a week into something that's already past the top level of influencers, it's time to like give that one a pass and wait for the next meme because the next one will be 24 hours away. Right. And then on the flip side of that, don't ever try to create a meme. Um, like the, I think that's another definition of a meme is it's something that be, it's always something that becomes a meme. It's never, I'm going to go home and make a meme today, or it's my job to come up with memes. Mm-hmm. They're not, they're, 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 they're physical things. Like you were talking about, they're images with text. Um, it's, it's really where that underground conversation goes and how many different ways people can interpret it and then how it's shared. That's what makes it a meme. I guess another way that brands can get involved that we haven't really touched on, and I have seen this in the past, is like when a meme happens or a trend happens, usually like something with a mainstream brand, like say McDonald's, say someone creates a meme about like, oh, like all these fries, whatever. And then if the brand like celebrates that in like selling them a bunch of fries or like Wendy's is really good for that, that's like a way that they can get involved too. They're not like trying to jump on by creating the meme. They're just saying like, hey, we recognize you guys. Um, that's cool. That's funny. Like we're good with this. I think like that's part of the, a brand recognizing its place in the, the social order of things and not taking itself too seriously. I think like the, the biggest sort of thing from kind of preparing for this and in this conversation is that if you're a brand that's serious, like if you're a uh, I don't know, uh, a charity, you know, um, yeah, for cancer, like you probably want to take yourself seriously versus, um, you know, a snack food or like a chip company or a chocolate bar where you can be like as irreverent and fun as you possibly can. But I think there's a time and a place for anything, but like a lot of brands do take themselves more seriously than they should be based on who they are, you know? But just, I mean, it doesn't have to be a meme, but I would say, I mean, there's, there's opportunities in, really, really knowing your audience and determining how you're going to speak to them in a unique way. Mm-hmm. And a meme is one way um, for certain brands, like you mentioned, like snack foods and fast food joints and stuff like that. But that's not to say like um, like a cancer foundation can't figure out a really poignant, fun, interesting way to speak to their audience and do that. Um, but I think you're 100% right. Like know your audience and know yourself, know your brand inside and out and don't try to infiltrate subcultures when you you know that it doesn't belong there respect the hustle (laughs) very apropos to what we're doing in this room spotify has uh recently acquired gimlet media and also anchor which is a tool for creating podcasts so sort of blowing open the podcast market um for uh most of the years that podcasts have been a thing, they've been a very DIY thing. Uh, also, you know. So does this mean we're closer to Spotify acquiring version control? <laughs> Ever closer. We're inching towards that goal. <laughs> I don't think we'll get the $230 million price tag for the one podcast. That was $230 million just for Gimlet, I think. Yeah, just for Gimlet. Yeah, yeah. I mean, for Gimlet. So they yeah. had a few things on there. Gimlet's yeah. got a few, yeah. Yeah, they had, uh, what's it called? Homecoming. Yes. Scott's, Scott's show Reply of the year. Reply all. Yeah. Reply all. Reply exactly. all's on there. Um, so yeah, the days of, early days of version control of some people that bought, you know, USB microphones and sat in a closet that 
might sort of be going the way of the dodo. It's <laughs> tough to say. I mean, maybe that's still how the start will happen. Like, like podcasts will get their start, but um, it blows open the doors for more advertisers to get in to the mix as well. Um, so it's basically just, I think, an oft overlooked segment of the media that is going to uh, sort of like be open to a larger contingent now who maybe not, maybe hadn't really considered um, the podcast a, a podcast on their radar, but if they're listening to music anyways, they might just want to jump over. I mean, a lot of people that I talked to felt that it was a hindrance. Like They're like, where do I find a podcast? I don't even know where to go about doing that. Even though podcasts have been on Spotify for years, but this is a whole new era of the podcast, I think. So that is... I respect the hustle. Although I don't know who's hustling, podcasters or Spotify, either one. It's just I a whole new aspect. I also on Spotify that uh, they just recently, like I think in the past week, finally have turned a profit for the first time. Really? Yeah. You can Google it now, but yeah, which is like, cool, they did it. Yay. Well, I mean, how many years? I'm still amazed at the service they provide for $10 a month. It's pretty amazing. Mm-hmm. But I re-upped this month. They got me. Going I'm, on year three. Really, eh? they just take I think it's $12 now but that's $12 that I never lament like I that's a great service so and even better now that going I think within the next year the CEO of Spotify said that um, 20% of all the content on Spotify will be non-music related Wow. so not just um, podcasts but also Ebooks, yeah. theater of the mind. The theater of the mind. So if you feel like doing more learning and less listening, less just listening, I guess you still be listening, but you know what I mean. <laughs> All right, moving on. <laughs> well, if uh, if Nick's respect the hustle is brought to you by Spotify, then mine is brought to you by Burger King. Mm. Um, and I respect Burger King this week for really. Uh, <laughs> Playing a really good joke on uh, YouTube star and filmmaker Casey Neistat. And the funny thing I like about this story, and if you haven't heard, basically what happened is Burger King released a menu item um, that is 10 years old. And to announce that, they went back into influencers' Twitter accounts and started liking tweets from 10 years ago. Um, And what Casey did was he realized that Burger King liked a tweet he made in 2010 and was like, oh my God, why are they liking this? Not knowing that it was for a burger. And then he went on a big rant about how he's upset that Burger King used him. Mm-hmm. All the while not realizing that he's just making it better. <laughs> um, so I thought that was really cool. And in the end, they kind of made up mm-hmm. where Casey basically said, hey, you're using me and you're making all this money. Why don't you donate some of that money? And they said, you know what? You're right. Let's do that. And so they, they've kind of gone on this sort of like social media um, combination, sort of like powers joining together for a better cause. It has a nice happy ending. I'm, um, I'm sure he get, became happier when they donated some of that money to him. So I think that was probably like, maybe it was the plan all along to pay these influencers after the fact. Maybe. Or maybe they were in on it all along. Whoa. My so I really respect uh, the hustle of Burger King for even oh, giving that a shot. Yeah. Ivana. Okay, so I was struggling to think of a respect the hustle because, like I said, I've been I was sick and I've been dead to the world. So I was thinking, what in the last week has been really cool? And it's not really digital marketing, but it, I guess it's a respect the hustle of just like science. <laughs> Hashtag science. <laughs> but there's this video. It's technically a short film called Becoming, 
Um, and it's basically a six minute time lapse of a, like a cell developing into a complete organism, which is like a little salamander. And it's effing word insane. Like you need to watch it in your own time. We'll include the link. You got to watch it because it's one of the craziest things I've ever watched. And it's like, I had a moment where I was like, everyone's so obsessed with like finding aliens, but like, this is freaking nuts. Like we are aliens. Like, what is this? Anyway? Yeah, that's mine. Cool. Woo! Okay, well, at the time of the recording of this uh, version control episode, we are only seven days from pitchers and catchers reporting to spring training for baseball season. Guys, are you amped? Finally. Let's go, Jays. My Respect the Hustle is for minor league baseball because. Unsung heroes of marketing genius exist at the minor league baseball level, always have, always will be, because they do super creative theme nights. Lansing, the home of the Lug Nuts. Of course. Also birthplace of Mr. Burt Reynolds, RIP. Uh, They're doing a Smokey and the Bandit tribute night to Burt Reynolds where they're going to play in their new uniforms that like recreate the Firebird design of the car from Smokey and the Bandit and then give away uh, Burt Reynolds bobbleheads from Smokey and the Bandit. So the cool part is just like, if you look for the news all across minor league baseball uh, uh, teams across America and Canada, they have outrageous theme nights. Like last year, the the Toronto Jays um, Buffalo team Rebrand, <laughs> rebranded as the uh, wings for a three-game set because they're in Buffalo, home of the Buffalo chicken wing. Mm-hmm. And they have a great, like... And it's just... what What's cool about the hustle is just, like, it gets people into it. It gets people out to the games. But then people buy more stuff. Like, the crazy thing about this... This, this um, Smokey and the Bandit night is currently, they're saying, the jerseys with the the cool logo are not going to be for sale i bet by the time we get there they'll have like hats for sale shirts for sale and they're just going to squeeze every last drop out of out of it but a shout out to all the like you know marketing managers and like you know people living their best lives at little baseball teams all over america because they are doing god's work on marketing (laughs) coming up with these things and i salute you Love it. That's amazing. I think my favorite part of that was that Jackson peruses the Lansing State Journal. Like, to learn that story, <laughs> that is where that story lives. That's not where I found it, Nick. I found it on Twitter. Someone else had posted about it. But that's, this is the, I wanted to verify the source. And this is the newspaper of record for Lansing. I love that journalistic integrity. Yeah. You're bringing diversion. Yeah, control. no fake news. On version control, (laughs) verified sources, everybody. Thanks for listening to Version Control, episode 39, Ermigerd, a podcast about memes. If you like what you've heard, don't forget to rate us on iTunes. 